thank you everyone for joining us on the podcast this week. My name is Jason Evans, joined as always by David Biggs over here to my left for once. I guess if I'm across from you, you're both to my left and to my right, right? Sure. All right, we've, we've mixed it up a little bit <laughs> if you've watched the last few weeks. Joining us this week is our good friend Tad Bukowski. Tad. Cheers. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Tad uh, helps us out on Drink 5. He writes the Survivor Pool, not Survivor Pool, the Confidence, confidence Pool. Get have confidence when you talk. That's I am just trying to survive here. <laughs> uh, so quality banter, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for uh, checking our podcast out, everyone. Make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube. That will uh, give us lots of help. You can also follow us on Twitter, and um, there's probably other things you can do with social medias. There's an Instagram page. I know. Thank you, Jess, for handling that. If there is a Jess, we don't know. She's not on camera. <laughs> So we start out every podcast wondering what we're drinking, and now lately we are able to kind of display what we're drinking, but in case you can't read it, we'll go over it real quick. Tonight I have the Fun Size Milk Stout from Pollyanna Brewing. It's a local brewery. It is freaking delicious. It is a stout that tastes like Snickers bars. I freaking love it. What are you drinking over there, Tad? Uh, Mixing things up here a little bit, uh, going with a little uh, Woodford and Cherry Coke. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. And I will say that this is uh, after a fantastic old fashioned made for me by uh, one Mr. Dave Biggs Uh, earlier tonight, so much appreciated for that. Yeah. Good night. I might uh, I might adopt his uh, his language as he's speaking Trailer Park Boys over there, freaking old fashions. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know you gotta love cocktails, right? We should do a whole uh, a whole episode of Fantasy Football uh, podcast where uh, everyone just makes their own cocktail and, and talks about the recipe. That'd be fun. I I'm all for that one. I'm all for that yeah. podcast because you know for for drink five, uh, the drinking is a, an important part of, it, the, of the fantasy. It's it basically. Slightly more than half of the whole thing. We're just five, and that makes no sense. Fifty-one percent of the fantasy football (laughs) cocktails. Five-ninths, if you will. That's right. Uh, We are going to crack open the Freedom of Speech later on. That's from Revolution Brewing. And we've got a few of the all-day IPA session ales from Founders Brewery out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So those will be all very tasty. Uh, We're going to start out tonight. Well, tonight we we called the show Hot Takes. We're going to have a bunch of hot takes Talk about the NFC West, or the AFC West, the NFC North. Uh, we've got some Fantasy Fools Gold from Dave. And first, we're going to do a little report card from last week. This will be just a real quick look at uh, how we did and the players we picked last week. So we did trends last week. I talked about some trending up players, some trending down players. I did not have a great time. We'll get through this quickly. Kenyon Drake was trending up, but he got injured. So that sucks. But he was also having a terrible game. So I can't claim any credit there for pointing out a good trend from Kenyon Drake. Uh, we had Darren Fells, who um, his statistics were confusing to me because everywhere I looked it said, oh, his last game he had 17 points. I was like, oh, great. He had another great game. No. Last week he was in on 78% of the offensive snaps, did not see one target. So it's essentially a lost game for Darren Fells. Uh, so sorry if you started him as a streaming tight end because that was not the week to do it. <laughs> Uh, My trending down players were Antonio Gibson. He was only in on 48% of the snaps, so it's kind of what I thought as far as splitting time with J.D. McKissick. However, um, the game script gave him 20 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown. So Antonio Gibson had a great game. Juju Smith-Schuster, his game script probably contributed to what ended up happening because they were up most of the game, so that was different than what had gone on the last couple games. But he had... 14 targets, which is more than double his season average. Nine receptions for 85 yards is a pretty good day for Juju. I believe his high in the season for yardage. 
And uh, my last guy was Joshua Kelly. At least this one I got right. 12 carries, turned into 29 yards, 5 catches for 24 yards. Um, Josh Kelly, not working out right now for the Chargers. Yeah, and and uh, just to, to interject there, I think you said Jarek McKinnon when you meant J.D. McKissick, but they both have similar names. We were talking about... Uh, uh, I believe uh, if you run the tape back, you're going to hear me say J.D. McKissick. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> you got you got Niners on the mind, my friend. I, I'm thinking about the Niners. You've got the Niners on the mind. Uh, I, I give myself a D-. minus. If anybody else wants to give me a better grade, uh, thank you so much. If you want to give me an F, at least I got one right. So I'm saying D-. minus. We're going to go with a better grade. We're going to need an explanation as to why. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about who did well. Yeah, Dave <laughs> uh, gave us some deep <laughs> league pickups last week, and they went pretty well. So he suggested Derek Carr, who was the QB 12 on the week. He also suggested Daniel Jones, who was the QB 11. And he was a turf monster away from having a really long touchdown. Um, if, if we had all full video capability up right now, you would just see Daniel Jones stumbling endlessly. So many names. Just, a, just a repeated gif of him stumbling, but never quite falling. <laughs> just forever stumbling uh, Benny Snell found the end zone that was another player that Dave suggested he did only have two carries um, so nobody's perfect right Dave well these were uh, to be fair deep league and dynasty pickups to have on the squad yes not necessarily week seven no no plays. these certainly weren't week seven plays but they all seem to work out for me so hey who's who's counting you recommended AJ Dillon <laughs> who had five carries for 11 yards Aaron Jones he is not but Aaron Jones is gone, so A.J. Dillon still relevant in these deep leagues right now. And A.J., he is. Indeed. Brandon Ayuk had six for 115. That's a pretty good day. Good pick there. Henry Ruggs had only three touches, but turned it into 45 yards. A bit small of a sample size. And then you also picked Gerald Everett. He found the end zone. So, A-, minus, Dave. I'll take it. A, a very good day. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks Teach. Appreciate it. Hold on. Boomtown. So we promise you some hot takes. Tad's going to talk about the AFC West. If you have any uh, questions as to where his loyalties lie, you can just look at his sweatshirt. Big Charger fan. Yes, Charger. huge. Mm-hmm. And Chiefs. Don't forget the Chiefs. Obviously. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm just I'm hoping that everybody... He wears red as often as he possibly can. It's true. Uh, so Dave, or Tad, um, do you want to go over your takes? you want me to set you up? Nah, why don't you set me up? Okay. So the Chiefs are who we think they are. Right, So a lot of people have been losing their mind about the Chiefs signing Le'Veon Bell a few weeks ago. Uh, Count me as one of them. I was very excited to see that because I traded for Le'Veon Bell in a league. I really want this to work out. Um, However, as you put it, Ted, it is like adding another glass of water into the Mississippi River. (laughs) Kansas City offense is already pretty damn good. It's the defense that has to play to a high level, and they did last week. It was very impressive, but... When the Raiders played them, they proved that if you can beat the crap out of the Chiefs' defense, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, you can beat the Chiefs. Exactly. So I, I want to know, do you think that Le'Veon Bell is going to rise to RB1 or 2 levels, or is he going to be a flex play at best? Um, so I think Bell's going to be a flex, flex play at best. I think more so than what he can do, I think the bigger impact is going to be bringing uh, Edwards Hilaire down a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, he's going to be taking some of the the production away from uh, Edwards Alaire. I was surprised to see the number of times that Bell got touches in the in his in his first game last week. I mean, it's um, it's, it seemed like I saw more twenty six than twenty five. Um, I know that wasn't the case, but it seemed... <laughs> I was really looking for twenty six. <laughs> I, I played the two touchdown prop. 
Because, uh, well, I had a few beverages beforehand. That'll do it. Don't drink and bet, kids. It's not a good idea. He had six for 39 last week. Great average, small sample size. He was only in on 33% of the snaps. So I, I expect that to go up. And I would, I mean, if he would have went to, I mean, he was also rumored to have gone to, um, uh, what was it, Miami and Buffalo, I think, were the other uh, finalists. Sure. Um, if he went to one of those, then I could see him becoming a, 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 an RB1 because there aren't as many options in those two offenses, at least right. in the backfield of Buffalo, and Miami is Miami. Yeah. But being in Kansas City, I mean, there's just way, the, there's only one ball to go around for 60 minutes. That's true. No. And the defense hogged it most of the time this last week. <laughs> this is true. Uh, do you like Le'Veon as better than a flex play, Dave? Yeah, I think we probably both agree on this in that I, I feel like uh, it 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 showed in this last week's performance that he was able to go on two pretty big scampers down the field that mm-hmm. with a team like Kansas City, it's just so much better of an opportunity than the New York Jets. And uh, while CEH will clearly a real team. still have a role, they're not just going to relegate him to no carries. Uh, I see no reason why Le'Veon Bell is not going to end up probably splitting the touches ultimately with uh, with Clyde. So that's how I feel like this is going to go. I mean, that guy, you don't get him uh, to sit him on the bench. You get him for another championship run. That's right. Yeah, so you, you have him, you use him. Yeah. As you said, uh, paraphrased, should I say, the Chiefs are who we think they are, and so are the Raiders. Uh, so it's definitely not the Lane Cliffin, Dennis Allen crap Raiders that we've seen uh, <laughs> that were a joke, as you say. But it's definitely not the John Madden, Tom Flores Raiders of the 70s and 80s. I totally agree with that. Um, they need a lot of help on defense. It, I totally concur after seeing the way that Tampa Bay just walked up and down the field on them. Yep. Um, so they have a favorable schedule, you're saying? They do. Uh, luckily, uh, they got, uh, they're in Cleveland this week, which, uh, quite honestly could be their toughest matchup for the rest of the year, aside from a home game against the Chiefs. When the, when the, when the Browns are your toughest matchup, on paper, you're in good shape. I'm saying, I mean, you got, uh, two games against the Chargers, two games against the Broncos, you're, you're going, you're... They play the Jets still? The Jets, the Falcons. The Dolphins, um, the Colts. The Colts, the Colts started be... well... They've faded a little bit. We'll see how they look after Bob. Luckily, that one's in Vegas. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to ride their uh, uh, their third-place schedule to a possible playoff spot. Okay. Um, so, fantasy-wise on this team, obviously, we all love Josh Jacobs. We all love Darren Waller. But uh, we talked about Derek Carr earlier. What I want to know is what's going on at the wide receiver position. Which Give me one wide receiver who's going to, like – be the fantasy guy for the rest of the year. You know, it's funny. Or, or is there even one? You know, it, it, and there is. And it is not who anybody would have thought of uh, in August. Okay. I mean, when, uh, you know, right before the season, everybody's talking about Henry Ruggs or uh, Tyrell Williams before he uh, went down or Hunter Renfro stepping up in the slot or even Isaiah Jones. <laughs> it seems like Nelson Aguilar is the guy to have and you want to have him in, in your league. He seems to have an incredible connection with Derek Carr. Um, Ruggs, Ruggs, quite honestly, Ruggs has been disappointing to me. He's he's good for the for the, for the seventy yard pass every now and then, but he doesn't really have a shorter mid game. Aguilar seems to be able to get you all three all three levels of a passing game for for Derek Carr, so he's definitely taken over as the number one receiver in uh, in Vegas. And I'm so proud of myself for not saying Oakland. I was about to. Well done. Um, <laughs> We're all trying. Right. Nobody said San Diego all night. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, 
is definitely good for, I mean, at least six catches and, um, you know, at least uh, 80, 90 yards a game. So if we were doing trends this week, Nelson Aguilar totally belongs on this list. 12.4, 13.7, then 19.2 last week. He's definitely trending up. Um, uh, spoiler, he's not going to land on Dave's Fantasy Fool's Gold list either. So Nelson Aguilar, four touchdowns on the year. His targets are kind of low, but it looks like he's only, you know, aside from last week, he dropped one pass all year. Yeah, he's definitely, um, he, he's made the most of when the, uh, the ball's coming to him. Yeah. He's uh, definitely making uh, making uh, Philly fans and coaches a little bit uh, a little bit upset right now. <laughs> like, you know, where, where the hell was this the last few years? For sure. <laughs> was Nelson Aguilar the one that the guy was making fun of, uh, who couldn't catch? He wouldn't throw a baby out of a burning window to him. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all all uh, all burning babies are safe. That Vegas. was my favorite off field <laughs> moment of the football season last year. It was quality. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the division, Mister Herbert. It seems like uh, all the quarterback hype in the draft was Joe Burrow, was Tugo Tungavailoa. And if you notice, I did spell that right. Um, I, I, I will admit I did have to look that up. I'm thinking maybe two or three more years I'll be able to. You guys tried very hard, and uh, you came out on top. Well, I, we figured out Mariota, and then he stopped playing. I was still well, Tungavailoa is a little more difficult, I feel I'm like. still personally right high on the fact <laughs> that I know how to spell Roethlisberger. Yeah, so I mean, like, that, that's gonna take me. That's gonna take me for a while. Now. In a couple of years, when he's retired, we're gonna be like, "Oh man, what did we learn that for? <laughs> Why do we have to hold these these NFL weird uh, player spellings in our head?" Uh, at least, uh, in my opinion, the defensive players are not. At least, when you're not playing IDP leagues, are not shining stars or beacons of light in our discussions. Well, because they have even harder names. I mean, me. Dave, can you spell Polamalu? Uh, I think so. You <laughs> right. be able to. I don't, 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 don't want to be on Just spot. a yes, no question. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say I am not, I'm not uh, confident about that. <laughs> um, oh, I can't even type it to, to look it up. I'm just going to butcher it. Google will tell you how to spell it. There you go. Google knows all. We all know who Polamalu is, however. Yes. Uh, so, as you, we were mentioning these guys, Burrow, he's been good. Tua is going to be starting. His first start will be this week. And um, Justin Herbert, he's been awesome this year. Seriously. He's like a quarterback one now. Yeah, he has definitely made the most of what was just an incredibly weird way to get a starting job. Um, thank you, random attempted murdering team doctor <laughs> Is this a, in, uh, in L.A. A conspiracy theory? Seemed to be, seemed to be uh, subject yeah. of a lawsuit. Like Did the Herberts put him up I'm to saying, it? Like, like what, wait, what happened? Wait a minute, team doctor Herbert. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but no, I mean he's he, he's I know it's, it's it's a small sample size. He seems legit. Yeah. And his the way that he's been able to produce has been a, you know a godsend for the likes of Keenan Allen and the the tight ends that they have there. Um, it's he's definitely proven that he can be a a franchise quarterback for LA. Yeah. Another trending up player as well. Twenty four points, twenty seven point three, thirty eight point four eight. Last week against Jacksonville, 347, three touchdowns, 66 yards rushing, another touchdown on the ground. And that was like a diving touchdown in the end zone when the game was still competitive. It was really fun to watch him play last week. I had a fantasy matchup last week uh, with some bonuses and whatnot where his quarterback was Herbert, my quarterback was Kyler. Uh, we, oh. we, we had 42 versus 42. 40, yeah. 42 points for each uh, each quarterback. It was wow. crazy. That's fun. I love I love leagues with bonuses. I created a league just so that I could add a bunch of bonuses. I even created um, uh, all-time record bonuses where you get 
if, if a player broke an all-time record, like the most rushing yards ever in a game or something, they'd get an extra 10 points. Nice. I just want, like, I don't want someone to ever lose when that happens to their player. Sure. I mean, that's a nice little, <laughs> little boost there, yeah. Someone gets seven touchdowns in a game, 10 more points. Let's go. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> um, so, it sounds like you're sold as Herbert as a QB1. I am. Dave, what do you like? What do you think about him this year? Rest of the season. QB1? Well, I think we've talked about him previously, and oh, yeah. I, I like the people that he has at his disposal. I think that we'll see a lot more of Mike Williams uh, this season and going forward. I think that Mike Williams is a, is a super huge component to that offense. I think Hunter Henry will be the tight end there for the rest of existence, probably. I mean, the guy's only like 25 years old. Um, I, of course, uh, Keenan Allen has been this uh, uh, this amazing player for that, for that squad. I think uh, that, that Herbert jumps into... A situation that a lot of young rookie quarterbacks don't get the opportunity to have, which is a team that already has playmakers, and uh, it's going to help him out a lot. And he's a hundred percent already a top fifteen quarterback. So whenever you can start above the Andy Dalton line in football, you're off to a good start. Well, that's a good place to. It's that's definitely a good place to start from. That's right. I am in totally in the Justin Herbert as a QB one camp this year. Um, I'll so, call him a 1.5, but I'm with you. I'm okay, with you, fair enough. For the most part. Maybe rest of season <laughs> a 1.0. Yeah. John Elway? Or maybe in a 12-team league. John Elway. I, I'm trying to get to the Broncos. I don't want to get to QB the Broncos. <laughs> let's let's just cover the Broncos real quickly. He's talking about all-time record bonuses. I mean, like, yeah, it's a John yeah. Elway. Tell me John Elway wouldn't be somebody that would come back just to try to break records. I mean, he seems like a guy. Sure, that. he probably would. <laughs> How old is he? Can we get like a like a fifty six uh, year old player back out in the field? I think that's a record. That's ten points in itself. That's Are you talking about Brett Favre? Right there. No, John Elway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brett Favre may hear. Brett Favre is <laughs> challenge <get> accepted. <laughs> For how many dick pics you can send out to uh, uh, no. to reporters? He's already got that ten. He's got that record. He's got that record. Right? That Someone's right? got to break that record, then they get ten points. <laughs> that's true. So, over in Denver, John Elway is still looking for his guy. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't know if Elway is serious about Drew Locke being the man there or if he's just saying the things he's supposed to say because he's the GM and he's the one who drafted him. And, um, you know, his eyes tell him differently, but he has to say what he has to say because that's what he's supposed to say. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they are the only team in the division without a franchise quarterback. Drew Locke, I, I, maybe they'll try to make it happen, but I can't imagine that they would go a whole other year with him playing this way. I mean, um, who was the rookie who started a few games this year? Was it Locke? No, the, Locke was hurt for a couple weeks, right? He was. He was. And I can't remember his name. Because the guy won. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, the Broncos are relevant. Uh, um, you're talking about uh, Brett Ripon or Jeff Driscoll? Ripon. Yeah. Ripon won a couple of games, I think. Well, I, I don't I don't know I, I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to Denver uh, since they seem kind of like an armpit when we describe them as part of a body. Um, <laughs> but uh, did he win some games? Well, Drew, he I think beat the Jets. To be fair, he beat but the it was Jets. a primetime so game. He, and he, the, he actually everyone like, beats the Jets. It was it was it was his <laughs> everybody gets a Thursday night game. Jets. Like it's a league rule you have to have at least one primetime game. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that was the let's just get this one out the way. For what you're saying games. is Bright, uh, Brett Ripon beat the Jets. Uh, and that was the only game he won. Okay, so that's that's we can scratch that yeah, off. Yeah, so right, just stop we? talking. Basically, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, you're being we're he's being. He's one to know as a starter. 
I feel there like you go. There I, you go. He's, prob- record. he's probably a nice guy. I mean, he has the uh, best winning percentage of any quarterback we're going to talk about tonight. Son of uh, <laughs> son of Mark Rippin. I'm a fan, I was a fan of those Redskins teams. Okay, are, I guess if are you're, they football teams teams or if you're one to know that's are off. they Redskins still? Yeah, that's or are they football saying, teams? Like, that's, are they football team teams? You're not allowed to say Redskins. Well, if you're talking about the past, we're going to talk about the Oakland or Los Angeles Raiders. The San Diego Chargers. Way so much going on right now. So we talk about the Washington Redskins <laughs> in the past, I believe. True. Well, Ripon was in Boise State, and I don't even know uh, exactly how they stack up in uh, as far as all Do the Do you know what color teams. the football field is in Boise State? Do you? Yes. Is it red? No. no. Oh, That's Fres- Fresno State. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not Fresno? Nope. What, what, who has the red field? Uh, that's the pride. Uh, that's the uh, Cooper Cup alum of Eastern Washington that Ooh. has the uh, the red field. Okay, that, you're, you're talking uh, Division One AA right there. That's Illinois State t- territory. Uh-huh. I, I, I got you right there. No, the Boise State f- field it's is blue. blue. Yes. Hey, that's weird. It, I like it. Everyone seems to hate it. I like it. It's Albertson Stadium. So they, it's because of like the groceries. Is that a? Uh... I think it's been blue for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> since I can remember. Yeah. Is it blue because it's sad? Ever since the uh, <laughs> Sugar Bowl back in 05, that team. Ooh. Fiesta, Fiesta, that, that, that Oklahoma game. Yeah, that was, Liberty. Oh, yeah, that was a game. What a game! Yeah, what a, some some future NFL or uh, uh, proposed to his girlfriend after that game. Yeah, Ian Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Drew Lock sucks. And we're talking about lots of college football, and Sean Foss isn't even here. Make sure you go to our site to read the rookie report every week. Uh, you can check out Sean's takes on all the rookies, um, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Dave's making me say that at least three times a night now. Oh, yeah, you can clearly... Even, even when we don't have podcasts. I have to just tell people when I bump into them. <laughs> you, can, you, you can see the shot collar around his neck, right? <laughs> so so, so che- cheers to Sean and his, and his uh, the work that he does on this side. So, Sean, when you're on the podcast next up, you owe me a plug. Okay. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you guys are just hanging back and forth. I you're just paying it forward. That's good. Exactly. That's quality. So, are you guys writing off Drew Locke as the quarterback of the future in Denver? I am. Are they going to lose for Lawrence? I think that, uh, I mean, at this point, the, the Jets have the number one pick locked up. What, you know, what they do with So that it, probably means Trevor Lawrence is going to go back to school for another year. I see. Now, I am not 100% sold that the Jets will give up on Sam Darnold. Okay. I think that they may take offers and find a four first-round picks or some sort of like super mega deal that they four take. Four first-round picks for Sam Darnold. No, 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 no. For, for, for the, the number first one, overall For the number pick. one pick. Ah. For the pleasure of drafting Trevor Lawrence so, to keep but, him on your team for 20 years. So basically, what I'm saying, though, is I don't think Trevor Lawrence to the Jets is a 100% certainty. Okay. And if... It's definitely not. I mean, he could always take the um, Eli Manning route and just refuse to play for them. True. <laughs> but, I mean, if that option is open, or even if the Broncos finish high enough in the draft where they have the option... To draft a tra- to draft a Trey Lance or Justin Fields or the the kid from BYU I can't think of his name off the top of my head to get another high level quarterback high high potential I I think that Elway pulls that trigger I really like uh, Sam Darnold and think he's a talented football player and the Jets Zach Wilson the, the Jets just have horrible uh, coaching and so I think the Jets need to give up on Adam Gase not Sam Darnold right. You know? Yes, that would be the smart <laughs> yeah. move for the Jets. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Guys. The Jets haven't made any smart moves in a long time. This, this, this is also true. <laughs> like, they need more than just a quarterback. Yeah. 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 So that's our AFC West expert, Ted Bukowski. Thank you, Ted. Make sure you guys check out his confidence pool. There you go. Call him every confidently. week. Give us, give us a little taste of the confidence. Who do you like 
What's your number one, not number one, but like your top team this the, week? The top team, well, speaking of our uh, favorite uh, high school level team, <laughs> Adam Gase and his boys. It's the Jets. They, the, the Jets, <laughs> I am quite confident that the Jets. Do you know who they play this week? Well, that's it's right here. I've been so saving right my defense for this one. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too, in a couple leagues. Um, yes, I'm not 100% sure that the Jets can go to Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it's... Score I just, points? I'm kind of confident. Like, it's... I don't I don't have a house. Yeah. But if I did, I would probably put that up. As if you owned a house. Sort of a bet. Ah, you, yes. That, I mean, that's... Perhaps you would <laughs> bet the house. I, ha- I have a I have a feeling that I haven't looked at lines or anything, right? And but I but I imagine that if you were going to bet like Kansas City to win that game, you would win like hardly any money at all, because there can't possibly be. I am a like, good line. Do you know what the line is? Do you want kind of you want to guess what the is, yeah, spread sure. might be? Minus a spread. The spread. Oh, uh, let's go with seventeen. It's more than that. <laughs> what do you think the money line is? Uh, minus uh. Fourteen hundred. Just found it. I think it's. I think it's more than that. I think it's about two thousand. It is two thousand. It's three thousand on FanDuel. See how you can't even win money on that bet. The spread is nineteen and a half. It's minus three thousand. So if you bet, but you get plus thirteen hundred on the Jets. Uh, If if I no one's gonna bet the Jets. You want the points? You want nineteen and a half points? If I if I bet the Chiefs twenty bucks on the money line, get a dollar. Ooh, I'm saying. Well, talking about about fantasy to bring it back, I uh, had Kansas City Chiefs last week. And a lot of people said they weren't a great play. Uh, and I, I do uh, rankings on Fantasy Pros. I did not have Kansas City Chiefs in like the, the top five last week, for example, uh, because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an amazing uh, matchup. However, I knew that holding them through this week would result in me having them play the Jets. And not only did they surprise us with like 20-plus fantasy points in a performance last week that was great, now they play the Jets. So, based on last week's performance, should I be expecting 30 points from the Kansas City Chiefs defense? At least. <laughs> you're you're going to get your 10 points for a shutout. Minimum. I'm taking it. I'm I mean, it. like, it, and it's funny. Like, that's kind you're of a strategy. That... Two touchdowns. <laughs> right. Yeah, how many runbacks uh, for touchdowns? Three interceptions and three fumbles. Cheers to uh, to the Kansas City defense, which is probably one of the best plays you could make this particular week. Cheers yeah, that's likely true. Mm. Oh, that's screwball, all right. All right, where are we at, Jason? Dave, you got some fool's gold for us? So, Fantasy Fool's Gold, which I promised to uh, to make some some really cool bumper uh, sound effects for going forward here. <laughs> um, ah, fool's Gold. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's like record. a that's like a weird uh, Welsh leprechaun we got going on. Okay. <laughs> no, there's uh there's some inside jokes there. So, uh, I'm, I'm talking about Fool's Gold as I as I refer to it. I'm thinking about someone who a lot of people might play uh, this oh, week. It's a real thing, Dave. And be excited about. And you mean the Welsh Leprechaun? It's called a knocker. Oh, that's a whole podcast. That's yeah, this, we'll, we'll get into this later. <laughs> Tune in next time for us to talk about the Look knockers. Look at the knockers on, on that one. It means like little tiny Welsh Leprechaun. <laughs> no, ma'am, I was just talking about the tiny Welsh, Welsh A little leprechaun. person two yeah, feet tall obviously. with a disproportionately large head, long arms, wrinkled skin, and white whiskers. Oh, my God. It wears a tiny version of standard miner's garb How and commits I... random mischief, such as stealing miners' unattended tools and food. All right, now like, have fun thinking about that description and trying like, to fall asleep tonight. Like <laughs> underpants gnomes. <laughs> oh, i got to find out more about these knockers. Oh, boy. <laughs> <I've always said> <laughs> So, 
So, uh, Fantasy Fool's Gold to me, uh, and, and I'm the only person that matters when I write up the thing, uh, it, it means that uh, here are players that, that some people are going to play and be happy about playing or grab off the waiver wire uh, with a lot of hype, but it's not something that is real, in my opinion. It's not a true thing. It's something that has been either hyped up or is trending down or because of other uh, um, variables on that team is not going to work out for you. So let's talk about Josh Allen, who's my first guy. So, do you guys like Josh Allen? Uh, to start the year, he was probably uh, quarterback eight or, or something like that. Like his ADP, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh, the ADP, yeah. Smart yeah, right yeah, he was definitely in that uh, neighborhood. And uh, I, I really enjoy the guy. I love Buffalo's play. I think that uh, he's been really good, uh, at least in the first part of the year. So, let me talk about him for a bit. Uh, I do want to mention, I, I love him. I have him starting on one of my fantasy teams. Uh, almost drafted him in a couple other ones, but just got edged out uh, one way or the other. Uh, a really interesting thing when we talk about fantasy uh, is in drafts where you're not doing an auction, you often have to take someone because you uh, were unable to get the guy that you wanted. And it's it's kind of the best when it works out in a good way. Sure. When it works out in a bad way, you, you, you sort of... Uh, uh, want want to uh... when you oops accidentally take the right player? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I didn't get Saquon because I got a random numbered out of that, yeah. and then Saquon doesn't play. For oh, the, the guy rest right of the before me took Michael Thomas. I wasn't able to take him. <laughs> Damn, sucks for you, man. Uh, but I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks, and I think it's time to replace him on your team, or at least trade or bench him uh, for someone trending up. So let's look at the last few games for Josh. Week five at Tennessee, he was 26 for 41. Uh, uh, 26 of 41 uh, completions, 263 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and four uh, rushes for 18 yards. That's 18 fantasy points, roughly. Then week six versus Kansas City, uh, he had 14 completions for 27 attempts, 122 yards, pretty rough. Two touchdowns, though. Great job there. One interception, eight rushes for 42 yards for a total of 16-ish fantasy points. Week seven, at the Jets, you'd expect him to have like sort of an all-star performance because everybody does, right? Are you playing the Jets or the Cowboys? Well, then play your guys. <laughs> uh, he had 30 completions, which is pretty impressive. Out of 42 attempts, they were just chucking the ball everywhere. 307 yards, but no touchdowns. Uh, 11 uh, rushing attempts for 61 yards. Uh, again, around 16 fantasy points. So he's not putting up more than 20 uh, over the past three weeks. In fact, he's not putting up more than 18.32. So for a guy that was drafted as a top 10 quarterback, at least for me, and someone that you wanted to have in your lineup every week, it's not worth it. You can find someone who's a little bit better. Let's talk about week two and three. They were at 34.5 and 32.24 fantasy points, respectively. So we have an extended trend now downward that goes from 34 to 32 to 18 to 16 to 16. Uh, all the way across the season. And yeah. you know how I love trends. You love them. <laughs> uh, Ellen has a history of picking up extra fantasy points with his legs. We talked about his rushing yards. They are important, uh, but he has yet to break that 20-point uh, uh, line uh, since week four against the Raiders. And here's the reason that I think that's happening. It looks like Allen's plays are falling apart. Decision-making has become questionable. His next matchup is against the Patriots in week eight. And uh, Stefan Gilmore will likely be shadowing Diggs, uh, as he's done in the past, really limited him to not very much uh, yardage or touchdowns. I believe the last time that he played him in 2018, uh, he was uh, relegated to something like 50 yards and no touches. And uh, I, I think that it 
puts Allen's ability to air the ball out and score on passing touchdowns and questions for this matchup. I do see a big Cole Beasley game coming up, a lot of PPR points for him, but that's probably not going to affect Josh Allen's points. Uh, and in fact, it might hurt because uh, Beasley definitely is that guy who's catching the ball between the 20s, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. uh, matchups coming up against the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the 49ers, all teams that are stingy against opposing quarterbacks. I just think it's time to find as a new well quarterback. As New England this week. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's not looking good for Josh Allen and the Bills in general. Although they had uh, somewhat of a strong start to the season, it feels like uh, around week five when they played Tennessee uh, on that Tuesday night game, uh, yes. it just kind of crushed the spirits of the Bills. So let me get your guys' opinions on Josh, but he is a fantasy fool's gold for me, and I say uh, if you can trade him, trade him, uh, but you should probably look for a better quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Josh Allen in the MVP uh, in the MVP race. Oh, he was he was scoring 34 points a game. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. After the first three games, he had 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Well, 12 with the two on the ground. And rushing touchdowns with the passing touchdowns, yeah. And everything is just again. Everything has just gone downhill since. Um, like you said, you when you you put up 300 yards against the Jets, but you're not able to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, that's bad. Uh, that that's just a bad game right there. The whole, the whole team did not score. Right. It was all field goals. So one of the um, unfortunate quirks of Josh Allen's schedule is that he'll be playing New England uh, in Week 16, Ooh. and that's a tough matchup. New England still has a good passing defense. They're only they're giving up the fourth fewest points to opposing quarterbacks right now. I, I think that at the very least you need to find a replacement, uh, a second guy that you can play matchups with. So you maybe you start him against Seattle because Seattle's giving up the most points to opposing quarterbacks. But then you make sure you have someone for when they play New England, like Dave said, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, the teams that are being real stingy. So um, that's a bold pick, Dave, but I, I think that your logic is sound. You know, I like bold picks, uh, just like Tad does. And if you check out his confidence picks, he generally has a, a bold pick cotton for you every week. Do you have a bold pick this week? You know, I don't have it just yet, but uh, tomorrow afternoon we're going to get this up <laughs> on the website. And, uh, yeah, we'll get something do you have any I- bold Do you have it. any idea about what, what those hot takes might be, that uh, – that that bold pick that you're going to add in, or is that still you're, you're still brewing it? It's something that just just it just it just comes to me. Okay, like, as, as I'm typing it out, it's like bam. You know, the muse must speak to him. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so basically, I'm slacking, Dave. Thanks. No, like, I haven't done it yet. Hey, no worries. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the next guy I have. There's only three of these guys. We'll move on to another division to talk about it. Uh, here's uh, Jim Michael Hasty. So the fantasy community has been a buzz lately. I love that word, a buzz, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a lot of Z's. Zzz, that's what I hear. It's a lot of noise from everywhere, right? Uh, uh, Reddit's fantasy football subreddit. You go to places like Roto World or Roto Baller or any of these websites that you might congregate to talk about fantasy football, and everyone's talking about Hasty, uh, undrafted free agent rookie earlier this year, picked up by the 49ers. Back in August, he impressed at camp, as a lot of rookies do. Uh, of course, right? Uh, beat reporters each season, they always inflate how rookies are doing. But I, I happen to believe that he did uh, have an impressive uh, camp over there. Here's what they had to say about him. They said, uh, David Lombardi, a staff provider, uh, a writer for The Athletic, who covers the 49ers, he said, Hasty has been elusive, separates on pass patterns and one-on-one drills, and is difficult for defenders to square up because of natural fluidity and change of direction ability in traffic. 
So that sounds great. A few of the issues, though, just so you guys know, and perhaps the main reasons that he was not drafted, are that he often bounces runs outside. He's, uh, he's, it's difficult for him to get through a pile or to, uh, in early down work, go through a line. Uh, he has serious trouble in pass protection, which is a huge one, as noted by uh, a PFF. Uh, 14 pressures in big moments, including a few in the Big 12 championship game when Baylor passes. If you go back and look at that, in fact, there's there's videos on YouTube specifically about Hasty and his pass protection in that game. Uh, he's been referred to as a prototypical scat back. You know what scat backs are? Uh, a sc- this is a family-friendly show, Dave. <laughs> He's not a shitback. He's a scatback. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to say that he's a bad player. I don't think that. Uh, but he's a scatback through and through without exceptional speed or power, added another PFF report on Hasty. Uh, so let's look at his stats. Week three at the Giants, he had two rushes for nine yards, one reception for nine yards. Obviously, at this point, just uh, sort of a backup uh, personnel. Week six versus the Los Angeles Rams, nine rushes for 37 yards. He was able to get in the game. He had uh, what is a, a decent uh, uh, yards per carry, which I don't know what it is offhand, probably about 4.5. 4.1. Uh, week seven uh, at New England, he had nine rushes for 57 yards. One reception for 16 yards. And in that particular game, they were playing the Patriots. Did you watch the 49ers and Patriots game, guys? I caught a decent amount of it. Yeah, they wound up on red zone a lot because the 49ers were scoring all the time. Exactly. So <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot of Patriots in that game. Jeff Wilson, actually, was the guy tearing up the Patriots. Uh, he was just driving right down the middle, and uh, it looked like, and I heard a lot of people saying that he was just driving with emotion and force, and uh, he ended up, uh, going down with an ankle injury, being carted off the field. And super sad moment because that guy was looking like he was just going to destroy the world. Yeah, that was on his third touchdown, too. Like, exactly. Right? It, was, it was sad. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, or Jet as he's often referred to. Do you guys uh, familiar with his nickname, Jet? I am now. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was being rested in week seven, according to Shanahan, uh, as well as the previous week. Uh, I guess uh, McKinnon obviously has had over the past two years issues with his knee. Uh, and Shanahan has wanted him to be uh, safer, more healthy towards the end of the year. Well, that's going to be hard, uh, considering that you've just lost Jeff Wilson and before that Raheem Mostert. You don't really have a lot of running backs left. What's going on over uh, in San Francisco, Jason, that these running backs just keep getting injured like crazy over the past couple of years? I mean, they're lucky that they generally seem to have about eight of them on the roster at <laughs> any given true. time. That's true. Um, but, yes, they drop like flies in the Bay right now. Um you know, one thing I don't, I don't know, I'm not totally sold on Jarek McKinnon, i got to be honest. The two games that he started this year, he was 14 for 38 and 14 for 51 on the ground. Um, he's added some work through the air to make it a little more relevant. Well, I'm not quite finished yet, but uh, but okay. I, I appreciate your input. Uh, I mean, I agree that he has not been uh, someone who's been a, a world burner, but that's mostly because uh, Shanahan changes up whoever is the person uh, uh, behind the, the curtain a lot. You know, so like they switched to Jeff Wilson because they thought Jeff Wilson would do well against New England's defense. Well, it worked. So good for them. Sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, anyway, let me finish, and I'm going to be happy to give you guys a, a moment to, uh, to uh, uh, give your opinions. But the, I think the deal is uh, I, I failed to see the hype about Hasty based on his stats and his work there uh, so far. I think it has to do a lot with recent memories for fantasy team managers of another uh, undrafted free agent pickup by the 49ers. It ended up being the RB1 in San Francisco, had a stellar 2019, Raheem Mostert. 
And, you know, this is not how football works. It's not just the 49ers every year pick up a, a new UDFA that becomes a fantasy stud. That's not how trends work. That's not how football works. Hasty will not take over all the carries in this offense. And he certainly won't be playing regularly in pass protection based on uh, how he's uh, performed uh, in, in, in those downs. It's much more likely to me that McKinnon will have an expanded running back slash wide receiver role with Debo Samuel out. That's the kind of thing that Debo used to do. And in fact, he did well uh, with that role when Debo was out in weeks two and three. So I expect that same kind of performance now. Uh, uh, and I think there's a good chance that Tevin Coleman also suits up this week against Seattle. He was just uh, activated, uh, designated to return. Uh, and you know what's really funny, just as a side note, is that I think this year, more than any others, people are so confused about IR. Because not only are people only supposed to be on IR or have to be on IR for three weeks at a time now, but you can do unlimited amount, I'm pretty sure, of IRD. And so even... Yeah, there's no... yeah. Even places like Roto World are like, he's activated. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not back. (laughs) He's just on IRD. They have like three weeks to activate him. Yeah. And, and, and people are so confused right now because they're like, he's coming off IR. Why isn't he off IR? He's not off IR. That's, it's IRD. That happened to me last week with <laughs> Sterling Shepard. On Tuesday, they were like, oh, he's they've designated him to return. And then they immediately activated him. Right. And I didn't even realize that. Thursday rolls around. He's still on my IR. Locks in place. Yeah. and I Can't make moves all weekend. You know, this could happen to this could happen to anybody because it used to be there's only like one or two IRDs. It could happen to you. You could only have one or two IRDs for the season, and now you have to. Uh, you can. They're going to do it every single time. They, they they might activate them this week or next week or the one after. Uh, anyway, I think there's a good chance he suits up this week against Seattle based on what beat reporters are saying, and the 49ers would likely shift Hasty back to a support position if McKinnon and Coleman are both healthy and able to play in this game. I do like Hasty. I completely understand the desire to catch him on the way up to a running back one or running back two or flex position. I just don't think it's going to happen, and it smells like disappointment to me. Interesting. What do you What do you guys think? I know you, you don't believe in Jarek McKinnon, which I don't think he's going to suddenly be the lead back there. I just feel like he's going to take over the role he had in week two or three. Yeah, I just think that there's a lot of production that goes on at the running back position. And that if someone is going to be given the work, that they're going to make the most of it and they're going to have RB1 numbers. It Basically, someone on that team is an RB1 every week. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, when, Mo- when Mosa started to break out at the end of last year, that was really the first time where, uh, where the Niners seemed to have a clear number one running back for, for the last few years, almost in like the, the whole uh, Kyle Shanahan era. It's 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 an offense that it's 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 a it's a running back by committee, so I mean you're not going to get one running back. You're, you know Jeff Wilson had the three touchdowns, but kind of like week. on a game by game basis, exactly, rather than an in game basis. Right, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, and and they try. I, I think it, it seems to me that when they have a guy like Mostert or Coleman three injuries ago, they'll give him the ball all game long. And then, like, week three, when they played um, the Giants, they blew out the Giants. They wound up splitting 14 carries to McKinnon, 12 carries to Wilson. Well, I just want people to understand that, that Hasty is a scat back who's not good at pass protection, and so he will never be the all-down back in the 49ers. And that's what people think he's going to be. There's... It's sort of an end of story there, really. I yes. mean, 
So end, end of story. You just like saying scatback. <laughs> well, I saw people, uh, you know, wanting to acquire this guy for like twenty dollars of their uh, FAAB, for example, or getting him like you know first uh, priority. And I just don't see him being anything more than maybe uh, running back two on some weeks. He hasn't scored a touchdown. He hasn't gone more than like fifty-four yards Maybe in the rushing game. Maybe there wasn't anybody game. else I wanted to pick up. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. <laughs> this is not a personal. <laughs> I feel personally attacked here. Well, that's that's the thing about fantasy, right? Because we talk about like you could say, "Why did you pick up that guy?" Like uh, I like Mike Gesicki this week, uh, and and later we'll talk about him as as someone to maybe you know cut from your team. And I'm like, uh, but but you shouldn't feel personal. It's just about how you think that player will be in the next couple weeks. Yeah, but when I come up with a cut list, I start at your rosters. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. All right, number three, uh, the last guy I have on my list is Richard Higgins. Oh, Cleveland. This is a soliloquy. It's always something with you, Cleveland. So the latest, the latest issue for the Brown Bombers, which was their original name, if you didn't know, and definitely more on the nose when we talk about their performances within memory as a franchise, is their WR1 Odell Beckham. I think they're more like a scatback. Tearing. I mean, I've got Steelers stuff behind me on the wall, so it's no doubt that I make fun of the Brown Bombers, who see, just happen to bomb all the time. Yes. Well Okay. Uh, so Odell Beckham ACL week seven tragic, right? But uh, let's be fair about it. Apart from week four's route of the Dallas secondary, uh, Odell putting up 81 yards and two touchdowns. Beckham has not really impressed. Do either of you guys have Beckham on one of your fantasy teams this year? I did not have him anywhere this year. No, but and I, I draft. I used to always draft. Good him. for you yeah. guys. I didn't either. And and so uh, I'm not disappointed here. But I got to tell you, there was only one really good game, especially where you had to get Beckham. Even he, though he, he had a rushing touchdown that game too. Even when he dropped down the rankings for. Uh, for the preseason, for ADP, for drafting, he was still too high for me. Uh, Beckham has not at all impressed with Mayfield this year. In fact, lots of rumors swirling around put the two high-profile athletes at odds with each other. They don't like each other, that they uh, are basically uh, you know, squabbling all the time. And I have to agree with that. I've seen a lot of Browns fan communities strangely happy that the quarterback, uh, that, that OBJ is out for the season. And, and they're saying, oh, he's gone now, so that thing that was bothering us is no longer there, and the Browns will be good now. Okay, Browns fans. <laughs> S- settle down. I think they're just grasping at straws. When your best receiver is out for the season, it doesn't mean you're a better team. Let me just explain that to you guys. Uh, but, but that said... Uh, <laughs> Uh, thinking that Mayfield will have less conflict or more success without the Diva receiver, maybe uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So let's look at Richard Higgins, who is a guy who will somewhat replace that sort of deep uh, uh, kind of threat that Odell is. Week 7 at Cincinnati, he had uh, six targets, six receptions, 110 yards. Nice. And uh, that's after... Very nice. That's after, Be- like. that's after Beckham went down, like after the first pass that Mayfield... Through. So that was pretty much the whole game that Higgins played. And Higgins has recently been coming off the bench to score touchdowns for some reason. I haven't figured it out yet, but looking at week five and six against the Colts and the Steelers, respectively, he caught a couple of passes and a touchdown in each matchup. So why shouldn't we trust Higgins? He's moving into a position that should net him a fantasy relevant number of targets in the Browns offense. And I think that uh, he has only been, in his career, a streaky boomer bust receiver in the past. So think about Mike Wallace when he was like on the Dolphins, right? Was it the Dolphins? I have a hard time thinking back. Uh, yeah, I want to say the yes. Dolphins. I want to say yes. So when Mike Wallace was on the Dolphins, he might have like 110 and a touchdown, but then the next three games he has nothing or 20 yards or 30 yards. That's what I think about Richard Higgins as. 
And uh, the fact that Landry should be soaking up most of the targets left by Odell's departure, not Higgins, and that Nick Chubb is slated to be back in Week 10, which should restart Cleveland's rushing machine and limit the success of the passing game because why did they win all those games in the beginning of the season? The rushing game, not Baker Mayfield, not the receivers. What are the coaches going to go back to? The rushing game. And so I think Higgins might be fantasy relevant for the next two weeks as a boomer bust receiver, but it's more like a coin flip. I'd feel more comfortable without having Higgins on my lineups at all and getting someone that's going to be valuable for the rest of the season and not for just a moment in time. It's true, uh, but I mean, if you want to talk about the, the moment in time, if you just need somebody for this week. Yeah, sometimes you need to win this week and worry about next week, next week. Well, well let me I, tell I you still what. feel like it's a flip, and like you might start him and be like, okay, I've got the guy, two targets, one reception, 12 yards. Well, let me tell you what. This week, <laughs> they're playing the Raiders. All right, yeah. they're go- He's going up against that Raider secondary. So, yeah, you definitely want him. He'll, 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 <laughs> there's potential to have a big game. Like, okay, well, I think there's no floor Las here. Vegas giving up the 10th most points to opposing wide receivers. But I think it's going to be mostly Landry uh, is, is what I think in that particular offense. But, no, granted, guys, I, you know, I'm kind of hedging my bet here by saying it may be okay for a week or two, but this is not a guy to acquire and play for the rest of the year. No, it's and it's funny. Higgins, um, I think in our, uh, our Dynasty League, I think Higgins has been on my roster roughly five or six times in the uh, the years. Yeah, right. I, I see like on, off, on, off. Yeah. <laughs> in a dynasty league, when you see that someone has been cut and acquired like five times, you know that he's not going to amount to anything. That's like Rob Gronkowski in my team. <laughs> Plus, it's, it's not, only, not only will um, will Higgins have the opportunity to step up, but don't forget about Donovan Peoples-Jones in Cleveland as well. He'll, he'll be benefiting from Beckham uh, being out as well. Man, I... We could have a whole show about this guy, and uh, I, I they don't... They would love to do a whole show about the Browns. About Peoples-Jones, because... <laughs> about one Browns player. <laughs> well, this guy people have been talking about for a long time. Also Jones. Uh, and I think that uh, I think that he's someone who, especially in Dynasty and Deep Leagues, uh, needs to be owned. I think so. I mean, I am... Uh, I, don't, you know, if, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a big Michigan football fan. Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones was another one of the, the, the star receivers in Michigan. Michigan is known for having, you know, stud receivers. They don't always pan out to be, you know, big in the NFL, David Terrell. But uh, <laughs> but Peoples-Jones now has the app. He's the one that Baker went to for the game-winning touchdown last week against Cincinnati. It, it seems like there's a, there's a connection there that's worth keeping an eye on. Oh, and there's another guy, which I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but I think it's uh, Cotterell Hodge. Uh, sure. And so these are also guys that are going to compete with uh, uh, Rashard Higgins for the touches. And that's that's you're just bolstering my point, which is why I don't think this guy is someone to acquire, not someone to play. I think that it's going to be dangerous messing around with Higgins when we know that Higgins' ceiling in a season is like 500 or so yards yeah. uh, and uh, a scattering of touchdowns. And he's never going to be that guy. Who, uh, who can replace or can be a wide receiver one or two on a team. But uh, there we go for Fantasy Fool's Gold. So I'll put those up online. Uh, and check out my rankings as well at fantasypros.com under David Biggs, Drink 5. Uh, they're updated every single week. I was uh, number six last year in 2019 uh, for uh, fantasy football draft rankings. That's uh, out of 150, 180, something like that, fantasy experts. 
and uh, I appreciate the the golf claps. And I I hope to uh, do as well or better this year. The the funny thing about that is that I can't even can't see what I what I what I do until uh, after the season's over. Well, the things so. have to be done first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can uh, compare Dave with other um, experts and create your own sort of. Uh, expert consensus rankings there, or you can go to drink5.com and see Dave's actual rankings all on their own. Yeah, a lot of a lot of experts uh, have them behind paywalls. If you talk about uh, guys that I respect a lot, but uh, feel free uh, to send us money when you look at Dave's rankings and win your game. No, no, no. <laughs> we we accept payment in beer. Yeah, send us beer. We don't and whiskey. We don't, we don't accept money in the mail. I need a refill. <laughs> Someone buy Ted a drink. So uh, we will move over to the NFC North, and um, the Bears are who we thought they were again. So Monday night they had a dismal performance, and everyone in Chicago, and we are here in Chicago, so we hear it a bit more. Um, all the Matt Nagy haters have come out of the woodwork to just bitch and complain about his play calling. I'm not going to defend it. I don't think it was that great. Maybe they'll turn it around. I don't know that the. Fans should be so harsh to judge him on one game when that one game contained Aaron Donald, probably the best player in the NFL, who is playing like it this year. He's very good, as usual. And he had a great game last night, uh, or two nights ago, and he disrupted the Bears' offense. And it's probably not that hard to disrupt the Bears' offense. Not so much. Um, so uh, they have a lot to be, they leave a lot to be desired from a fantasy perspective this year. It makes a lot of their players hard to rely on. Uh, but my hot take about the Bears is that they're going to be playing in January when 18 other teams are self-quarantining. Bears already are 5-2. and two. Looking at the rest of their schedule, I see five to six winnable games. All they need is probably three more wins in order to get into the playoffs. And That, I may challenge you on that, the way the NFC is. If you look past the NFC East, because that's just a whole thing in itself. Well, the I mean, NFC South isn't that great either. You've got, I mean, you've got uh, every team. All they have to do is beat one of the NFC West teams, and they're going to make the playoffs. See, I mean, right now, every team in the NFC playoffs, if they, if they, if the season ended now, except for the NFC East, has five wins. Sure, but remember, there's seven teams oh, now, not exactly, six. Exactly, exactly. All, all the playoff teams. They then I still think there's, I think that leaves the Saints with uh, with four wins that are uh, on the outside right now. Like, it, this is going to be, even with that extra team, you're going to need 10 wins in the NFC to make the playoffs. Interesting. And I think nine will, I think nine will get it for sure, and I think they'll be, at the end, one team with eight. Because there's a lot of division games left to go. These teams are going to start beating up on each other. That's true. That's true. And I think a, a lot's going to depend on these next few weeks for the Bears. That We're talking Saints, Titans, uh, Vikings by week. The Vikings, they can, the Vikings are eminently beatable. Their defense they is are. terrible. And then the Packers. So in the next, the three of the next four games are Saints, Titans, Packers. I feel like they they have the potential to steal a game from the Packers, but even counting off the Packers, they can beat the Lions again. They can beat the Vikings twice. That's three wins right there. That, can, that brings them to eight. As Dave referenced my uh, my bowl predictions earlier, uh, one of them was a week or two ago. I did say that the the Bears would not make the playoffs, and I still stand by that today. All right, even, even with a five and two record. All right. So, uh, my question, though, about these guys is fantasy relevant, of course. Is there anyone on the Bears' offense worth starting every week? I'm taking a pick. Is it just Allen Robinson this week? Every week, that is? Is David Montgomery out of your I'm going to start him every week mode? Or um, is there someone in there that I'm not thinking of? 
I mean, that I'm I, missing, like I'm, Jimmy Graham or something like that. I mean, I'm starting to see, you know, uh, articles being written that uh, Anthony Miller should just be written off now completely. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. Vince says uh, they will not beat the Lions again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I have to interject real quickly uh, with a with a, we had a uh, question here. A question: Would you start Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert this week from MathQuest? And I I have to say, uh, MathQuest, uh, my rankings, uh, my particular rankings say start Justin Herbert against Denver over Lamar Jackson uh, versus Pittsburgh. And the reason why I say that is is mostly because. Uh, of the division rivalry between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, how close those games normally are. I mean, if you even look at last year with Pittsburgh putting up the whoever the fuck they have at quarterback versus Baltimore, they were still in the game. It didn't matter if it was Duck Hodges, uh, you know, doing his duck call. Pittsburgh still has not given up <laughs> 20 points to an opposing quarterback. Yeah, so Pittsburgh the is... seventh fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. Pittsburgh is at 17.1 fantasy points Meanwhile, per yeah, game. Denver is 12th most. At 20.8 fantasy points per game. Yeah. And uh, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Denver gave up 23.6 points to Sam Darnold. Let's talk about it. What when you were if you're if you're a quarterback, who would you rather play? Pittsburgh with uh, TJ Watt uh, running up against you to try to sack the shit out of you or Denver, uh, a team that uh, has has lost its uh, its will to be a football team. I will say though, Denver did keep Mahomes in some sort of check last no, week. No, I have to say their their defense is still good. The secondary is a, a little bit uh, suspect because they've lost a couple people from it. Uh, but I, I still think Justin Herbert, I know he's a rookie, but uh, against Denver, a better matchup than uh, Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm all about, I'm all about uh, Herbert on this one. Yeah. Um, I do well, I do think, and I my apologies to you, Mr. Biggs, <laughs> I do have Baltimore winning this week. Um, I don't think that it'll be so much with the with Lamar. Is influence. that your one or two? That is my two, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, my team is great. And I'm referring to Pittsburgh, and and if if they lose to Baltimore, it will not be without a fight. So it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good. Yeah, game. I'm looking forward to this matchup. It was originally scheduled to be a Monday night game, wasn't it? I don't know that they or, or at least the Sunday. No, it got moved because of the Titans. Oh, there you go. Being, yeah, one of the, yeah. I think you, know, you might be right. Full of COVID. <laughs> the Titans full of COVID. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, let us all off the hook and move on from the Bears, just like everyone in Chicago should do. <laughs> so another whiskey for Mr. Rogers, please. Oh, will do. All right. So the NFL's resident madman, Aaron Rodgers, threw another four touchdowns last week. He is now a few points behind Dak Prescott on the season. Just to give you a little context of how insane Dak Prescott was this year, um, I think that with only one leg, Dak would still be a QB1. Do you want any or no? Just like, you know. Um, a bit. So we had Devontae Adams back last week. 38 points from this guy. Aaron Jones is out. The Packers did not slow down at all. Um, so my hot take of this week about the Packers is that Jamal Williams will finish in the top 12 running backs and that the Packers will be first place this season in the NFC. Number one seed, Packers. It's hard to say that that won't be the case because Aaron Rodgers has been lights out. Even without Devontae Adams, they were still playing well. Even without Aaron Aaron Jones, it doesn't really matter. It's they they seem to just be doing uh, extremely well and on a mission. Well, you've God. got you've got 
They're on a mission from Gad. <laughs> you've got the Seahawks and you've got the Bucks both playing very well right now. Yeah. But I think that the Packers are going to be the team at the top getting a bye this week. Yeah. yeah the last uh, few years, this uh, the team has been uh, ride or die with Rodgers. If Rodgers is having an off year, then... Rodgers is riding this year. <laughs> he is riding. I am happy to have him on a couple So of now times. it's Jordan Love uh, getting those three fingers of tequila as he takes a back seat for an indefinite amount of time. Sure. I think it's whiskey for celebration, tequila for... Um, what would the opposite of celebration be? Uh, defeat? Sad face. Yeah, okay. It wasn't really a defeat when they drafted uh, Jordan Love, but... Uh. I called that, by the way. <laughs> Very good. Cheers, all. So, mm. my question for you guys, would you start Jamal Adams this week? Jamal Adams. You Jamal, Jamal Williams. I was going to point out you said Jamal Adams. On yep, that. That Jamal fantastic. Williams. Um, I wouldn't start Jamal Adams, but uh, Jamal Probably Williams... Not worth starting. <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, again, it's basically just a, a replacement for Aaron Jones, who has just been off the chain this year. I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's he's just re- <laughs> this is an easy one. Yes, yeah, I think I think Williams was uh, was pretty good in uh, uh, in replacement for Aaron Jones last week, and uh, I actually have Williams right now at number thirty one. Uh, but I will probably move him up as it becomes more clear that Aaron Jones is not going to play because I don't believe he's actually been ruled out for the week yet. Uh, so if he does get ruled out for the week, I will likely move him up to around the 23 uh, to 24 mark, which is where I currently have uh, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, uh, James White. Okay. Uh, and I think that he's going to be a solid RB2. So, uh, depending on the matchups that I see, etc., he could go as high as like 19. I but think I put him make, like 19 to 25. To make that list of the people who predicted the breakouts right, you're going to need to put him in the top 12. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not putting him He's going to be in the top 12. You, oh, do you think he will? I do. Okay. Well, I agree with you. I think he's a great player. Uh, I just feel like there are uh, possibilities of them also using A.J. Dillon more this week because they kind of know who he is. He's been in the organization for a while. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's the other to... way around. A.J. Dillon is the rookie. Yeah, exactly. And Jamal Williams is the one who's been there for a long time. No, no, not more than Williams. Just that they, they have seen him now for a number of weeks, and so they're more comfortable using him in a football game. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But don't be surprised to see A.J. Dillon have 10 carries in this game is what I'm telling you. Uh I, I happen to agree with you. If you have Jamal Williams, start him. If you have Jamal Adams, don't start him. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we, we can make that our lock for the week. That's, uh... That's the lock of the century of the week. That's right. Right up there with picking the Chiefs over the Jets. Oh, yeah. So uh, I want to know, what's up? We got another question? Well, uh, Vince is wondering if he missed uh, Tua Talk, which is a Miami we talked a little tour radio earlier. show. We didn't have a little tour. We did We did talk about Tua. We'll probably talk about him a little bit more uh, here at the end as well. Ted. Yep. Just a Ted. But not Ted. Ah. Lowercase T. Oh, my God. So, how Detroit Lions is it to celebrate your opponent accidentally scoring a touchdown? Seven out of ten Detroit Lions. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm watching that without sound, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? What's going on? There? Why are they so happy? He just scored. <laughs> it, it worked out in the end for the Lions. Good job. They choked a little less than the Falcons did. Yeah. Fantastic. They're, they're you know, they won the battle of the most polite teams in the league, meaning teams that can't help but just give their opponent the lead at the end of the game um so it's hard on this team the lions to find a bright fantasy spot outside of tj hawkinson he is in the third tier of tight ends with five other guys who are in like the 60s for uh points this year um so he is averaging 10 points a game he has a very high floor i think his worst game was like 7.8 points which is great for a tight end 
You know, that's more than a touchdown on average. So it's about all you can ask of a regular tight end unless you have, like, Travis Kelsey. So uh, my hot take for the Lions for the rest of the year is that no one will finish in the top 20 at their position other than Hawkinson, who is going to finish top 10. Hmm. So I'm talking Stafford, Galladay, Swift, anyone else you can throw at me, none of them are going to be top 20 guys. Galladay seemed to be a bit of a disappointment so far this year from, yeah. from what he was hyped up to be. Um I will say, though, that uh, DeAndre Swift seems to be uh, turning a bit of a corner. He, he absolutely is, but, you know, Detroit is it's known... A, it's, a, it's a wide corner. I think it's going to take him some time. <laughs> Detroit is known to to uh, to have successful backs uh, turn into unsuccessful backs. Very true. But but I do agree with you. He's looking like he's a trend up. And I think perhaps, I saw something uh, like uh, four touchdowns in three games. Yeah, like I mean, it's, like look, it's, it's, it's looking good. Yep. So we got a question from the chat room. Uh, we want to know one to sit this week. It's a standard scoring league. Got Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Boyd, and Tyreek Hill. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that feels like an easier pick in my book. Yeah, I'm good with the Tyler Boyd. Okay, yeah. Tyler Boyd. Is that, is that what your rankings also tell us, Dave? They standard, half PPR, PPR, whatever you choose. Tyler Boyd is the odd man out there. So uh, it's not that he can't have a great game because he obviously has been able to, but not as likely as the other guys. You can make a case, though, for Diggs to, to give Diggs a rest. We just talked about Diggs exactly. being covered by Stefan Gilmore from right. uh, New England oh, Patriots. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, even in like the bad games that he's had, he ends up having uh, 54, 60 yards on four Diggs? or five receptions. Uh, now, you are in a standard league, uh, so I guess then at that point you're talking about whether or not uh, I'd go ahead and try it. Well, I don't like Boyd that much because uh, they've sort of rediscovered A.J. Green. Yeah. Green, Higgins. T-, say, yeah. T. Higgins has been great. Bernard's getting a lot of passes, especially while Mixon is out. Well, I, I understand why you asked the question, but yeah. I still think that Boyd right now is uh, is the guy to sit. Uh, so we'll keep going with a few questions here from the chat room. Uh, we want to know, for a WR2 position, would you go with Robert Woods or Travis Fulgham? So, Robert Woods is going to be playing... The Dolphins are playing in Miami, and Fulgham is playing the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. In my standard uh, league rankings, I have Woods at 18 and Fulgham at 19, so I'll let you guys decide this one. I'm not certain that this was a standard. It's a half PPR. <laughs> so I like Fulgham as well. Yeah, I... We talked about it before. Like, who's playing the Jets or the Cowboys this year? Like, it's, the, the defense yeah, is... It's such a great matchup. Yeah, so I'm it's definitely hard to deny there. that. Also, it's going to be very... Uh, it's going to be very unpredictable what happens in the Miami game because of new quarterback. It could be it could be huge advantage Miami. It could be a horrible defeat where they just run the ball. I It's really hard to predict. All right. Uh, we're going to pick two quarterbacks here. Six-point passing touchdowns. Um, disclaimer, there's a chance that one of us might wind up facing these two. <laughs> so we've got Matt Ryan, uh, Cam Newton, and Jared Goff. In a two quarterback league, my friend, you don't have good quarterbacks. So again, uh, quarterbacks, I have Ryan at 12, Goff at 13, and Newton at 14. So you guys pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Ryan personally. Um, we're picking two. So you're saying sit Ryan? I'd say Ryan and Goff sit Newton. Yeah, I don't want to play Cam Newton yeah, right now. Somebody... But they're all right there for me yeah, in, in a like, cluster. Why do you have a cluster of quarterbacks? Trade trade one or uh, do something so that you don't have to have this horrible decision every single week. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound like a, a fun way to not a good, set your lineup every week. Not a good group. Do you have like a really good bench player you can start at the super flex position? Uh, that's, that's tough, man. <laughs> that's rough. No. So uh, I want to ask one more question about the Lions. Are you going to sell your Lions players on the roster right now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm still holding out hope on Galladay. I mean, it's the Lions, as, as, as shaky as their run game has, has been historically – their passing game. Stafford always seems to have a 400 yard game, uh, like, like nothing. They're just just out just out of the blue multiple times. It's I, I can't give up on Galladay. You know I, I like Galladay too, and and I don't think you should necessarily sell your Lions players. And the time is well come and gone to sell Marvin Jones, for example, Carry on Johnson. Those guys are now drops. So what what you really should do? They're is not even should, worthy of the cut list. You should hold those guys, whether you're in uh, redraft or dynasty. Uh, there's no reason to have anybody else. Oh, we on the need team like now. a for the cut list. We need like a Smoke and Jay Cutler icon. There you go. Yes, we'll get better at this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right now, who who do you have on on uh, on that team that's that's relevant? You have Swift and Galladay uh, and um, uh, Hawkinson uh, and Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, even Matt Stafford's like the QB twenty three. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, the Lions have shown one thing over the years that they're able to turn on a dime and just uh, and pivot and, and do something different. But uh, we should just be happy that there are some players on the team that are fantasy relevant. And I know Galladay has been shaky, but I think he'll do better as the season progresses. <laughs> so uh, it, I don't sell him because it'd be selling low. That's a good point. Except for Swift, in which case. Uh, if I am in a keeper league or, or something like that, I would absolutely 100% of the time sell Swift right now for as much as I could get for him. Because right. I don't believe in, in the longevity of Detroit Lions running backs. Interesting. Do you have them? Are you going to sell them to me? <laughs> Let me just uh, work this out here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll take a uh, first-round pick and... Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, last team in the NFC North... We've got the Vikings, who didn't play last week, and I didn't miss them at all. <laughs> I even traded for Justin Jefferson before his bye week. I wasn't feeling. like, oh, got to get him in. Um, so I, I will be starting him this week because Justin Jefferson's awesome. He's one of the best. He is the best rookie wide receiver so far this season, fantasy-wise. Uh, the Vikings have other fantasy bright spots. Dalvin Cook is very good. Adam Thielen is awesome. Uh, through six games, they have scored one fewer point than the Lions. That's absurd. I really don't uh, know how that's possible on a team that has so many good players, so much talent, how they can score fewer points than the Detroit Lions. Um, so I already made fun of the Lions a few times, so I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i leave them alone. Sorry, Vince. Um, but my hot take is that the Vikings will finish with two top 12 wide receivers this year and that they will also be last place in the NFC North. Oh, that was a sour, wasn't it? Yes, it was okay. a sour. <laughs> I was not giving proper warning. Sorry, we were listening to you. <laughs> but I didn't tell him that that was a sour beer, and he'd, uh, he was like, oh, uh, God. Well, that's why we have video now, so everyone can see Ted's reaction. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bitter beer face. Okay. I um, think, uh, oh, if, if you and I go to the video right now, we're about to see it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. I see it right now. Because it's it's a it's we're a little you know we're a little ahead of things. I Here think, we go. I think you're right. By the way, so I I'll back you up on that. Um, so yeah, I, I like I said, I think that the two receivers, Jefferson and Thielen, will be able to finish in the top twelve. Thielen's already like three or four. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson's just outside that, and that the Vikings are going to finish in last place of their division. 
It's yeah. unfortunate because they uh, five Vikings because they they have really good wide receivers and they have Delvin Cook and and they have a quarterback that that should be good and uh, I think what's missing is their their defense which used to be a, a best of show you know if they were a dog uh, it it would be uh, fluffy and and able to jump over things and uh, obey commands really well but unfortunately uh, they they are not that and uh, they they just uh, have been unable to prevent the other teams from scoring against them yeah. Um, so Dave, I think you're the closest uh, person to a cheesemonger here at the table. What? My question for you is, <laughs> why is the Vikings defense made out of Swiss cheese when a hard cheese like Parmesan would clearly help them give up fewer points? Yeah, you would think that they would choose a, a, a different kind of cheese. They have they have so many that they're so good at. Uh, in in Wisconsin, for example, uh, there's uh, a couple of different cheese companies that uh, that make hard cheeses. And maybe if we if we looked at some of these other uh, companies like uh, Marleke Gouda or Uplands Cheese Company, Pleasant Ridge Reserve. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, in in Minnesota. Uh, they have plenty of hard cheeses as well. They are in fact the number six cheese producing state in the United States. Singing Hills Dairy, Shepherd's Way Farm, uh, the Caves of Faribault. So I I don't really understand why uh, Minnesota is not able to produce that hard cheese that they really need here. I yeah. It's just not working for me. <laughs> yeah, I like the run game. <laughs> uh, Delvin. Right, let's wind this down, shall we? <laughs> let's burn through a cut list. I got to do the cut list this week. So let's see if my uh, players work out at all. Yeah, I don't mind trading back and forth. It's kind of an interesting thing to do. Yeah, so at quarterback, I think that you should cut Matthew Stafford, that you should cut Cam Newton. Not in a two-quarterback league. Obviously, this is only for one quarterback leagues, but um, when you uh, carry two quarterbacks in a single quarterback league, they should both be bad. Because if you have a good quarterback, don't waste that bench spot on another right. on a backup quarterback. Yeah, in general, uh, at, at that point, there should only be a guy you pick up and drop someone else, the lowest denominator on your bench, and then and then drop him again as soon as drop the player who you're least likely to start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like this this week, one of my leagues, I got uh, Kyler Murray, like I said, and he's on a buy, and right. like I saw that, and like, I hated the fact that I have to have another quarterback. Yeah, because Kyler Murray is fantastic. You only need it for so one who'd week. You, who'd you have to? Who'd you pick up? I picked up Carson Wentz. Because, okay, well that's great. We but that's still that's like right <laughs> they're playing they're playing the Cowboys this week. He's like a top five quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Nice job. I'll, I will pick him up for this week, and then I will look to see who I can drop him for next week. That's right. Yeah. I think I grabbed uh, Teddy Bridgewater this week for my Kyler Murray replacement. Against the Falcons. There you go. Yeah, I like it. Uh, at running back, I like Devonta Freeman to cut. That yeah, is. You don't, don't like, like him. him. James White, <laughs> Justin Jackson, did you and mention, Adrian Peterson. Did you mention Cam Newton already? I, I did. Okay. Uh, Cam Newton, let's cut him. It was so quick that nobody yeah. heard it. I don't think that there That's needs fine. to be a lot of discussion he said about his name. cutting Not a problem. Needed, Not yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> We're also cutting, like I said, Devonta Freeman. He did get hurt. He may not even be back right away. Um, then you got James White. You got Justin Jackson, Adrian Peterson. I think that we should cut them all loose. So I like James White. I feel like uh, New England's offense is not working right now, and it's broken, and it needs to be fixed. And James White will be good because James White is a great player, regardless of who they're starting, what they're doing. But uh, right now, you're right, he's, uh, he's not working out. Uh, now, whether or not I would drop him in a league, I'm questionable about because I don't know that you'd be able to pick him back up. But I cannot argue with your... Uh, um, with, with your I'm not thrilled saying. with what I've seen from James White this year. 
I will say also, um, I'm I'm kind of big on AP still, and reason being, like we, we talked about the uh, the history of the Lions running game. Yeah. If ever there was somebody that could break that cycle, like and be reliable, be reliable for a uh, for an eighty yards and a uh, goal line uh, punch in. It would be Adrian Peterson. I could see him getting some goal line carries, maybe vulturing a bit, but I think that Swift is going to be the guy getting the majority of the carries going forward. Oh, I agree. I, I agree with you. I, th- I think Swift and, is going to be good, but to right. today's point, like the inevitability about the uh, everybody on the lines just failing. Yeah, there's never there's never been um, a guy and, who yeah <laughs> just has been able to keep it up. So yeah, I mean, cold swing pools over there in Detroit. So over at wide receiver, uh, I think we should be cutting Michael Gallup. Because there is there is barely room for two fantasy players on Dallas now. <laughs> we were talking about four do you, pass catchers. Do earlier you remember in the, the name of the quarterback? Oh, it's the Italian kid, so Danucci. Yeah. And what's his first name? Giuseppe. Seriously, going to say Giuseppe. So, so I. <laughs> I was just talking uh, uh, to my uh, to my fiance, like David earlier, or something, who also plays uh, fantasy football in a couple leagues, and I told her. Uh, I, I I was talking about the Cowboys. It's Ben. I was talking about the Cowboys, and and I forgot the name of the quarterback that's now uh, quarterback after Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott got injured. Okay, I forgot the name right after I talked about it with her for about thirty <laughs> seconds. Like, and then I forgot about, and then I forgot about it again. And I'm like, if I keep forgetting the name of this quarterback and I can't remember Ben DiNucci's name, then it means that uh, everyone on that team is going to be horrible for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm amazed that I remember DiNucci. Yeah, you got it. Ben DiNucci. Like, we will not remember that name after this season. It will be wiped from our memory, just like Men in Black. Will Smith is here. He's helping us out. Ben DiNucci. They were gone. It's gone. It's gone. Oh, they just watched that the other okay. day, too. Well done. <laughs> we're going to get rid of Julian Edelman as well. I'm sorry, Dave, for not believing you a couple weeks earlier. Oh, ah, well. But in addition to Cam Newton, we're cutting Julian Edelman. We basically... It's mostly Cam Newton's fault. I know. It is. <laughs> Maybe he needs to up his scarf game. Oh, no. I don't know. Is there some kind of fashion team that he could join? <laughs> I don't like how you're looking at me just because, you know, the Raiders are in Vegas now. And I mean, like, it's... <laughs> this <laughs> and, guy. And Cam Newton looking like a showgirl. You know, it's... <laughs> We're going to cut Debo Samuel. Uh, he is banged up, may not even play the next couple of weeks. There isn't a lot of receiving uh, action going on there. You've got Brandon Ayuk playing better, getting a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Dave's uh, favorite farm boy, George Kittle. Oh, I mean, George Kittle. I mean, come on. Yeah. It George doesn't Kittle. matter come what on. happens in San Francisco. Come on. George Kittle is going to be like the focal George point Kittle. of the offense for the rest of the 49ers' careers. So um, <laughs> we're going to cut Keelan Cole. Also, he probably plays a mean beer pong, I'm just saying. He was, uh, Keelan Cole was up and down this year. He had one great up game where he had 143 yards and he followed it up with a 12-yard performance in a game where the team scored 29 points, which is the second most they've scored all year long. Yeah. He had 12 yards. He played 76% of the snaps, which is the second highest total he's had all year. So you you can't even rely on him to, like, get targets. So I, I do not want Keelan Cole on my bench. Traquan Smith is my last wide receiver to cut with uh, nobody to throw the ball to in New Orleans. Drew Brees still chose not to throw it to Traquan Smith. So let's cut him. I don't hear much argument from the peanut gallery here. 
I'll right. move on to tight ends. <laughs> I'm still on the Chiefs conversation. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Minnesota hard cheeses. <laughs> oh, tight ends! Oh, hey, how about that? Oh, we're gonna cut Dalton Schultz. <laughs> That's fine. Um, because, as stated before, let's get rid of everyone who Ben DiNucci can throw the ball to. Oh, yeah. or, or not quite throw the ball to. I mean, honestly, the I only... I didn't need that name in front of me. That's amazing. See? You forgot about it already. <laughs> no, I said I didn't need it in front of you me. You will forget about it shortly. About who? Ben DiNucci. Oh, okay. Who's that? Who's that? Who is that? The master. You mean Giuseppe? <laughs> oh. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and then the final one, which may be a little controversial, I suppose, Mike Gusecki. I... He supposes... Uh, I don't like what I've seen out of Mike Kosecki. I don't think that um, we're going to have a rookie quarterback jump in there and and fix it. But, Dave, tell me why I'm wrong. Hidden Falls is an American breeze-style cheese hailing from Minnesota, where it's produced by Shepherd's Way Farms. The cheese is made from a combination of pasteurized cows and sheep's milk. Underneath its delicate bloomy rind, the texture is creamy, springy. And buttery. You better be reading that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, what I'm what I'm really interested in is uh, uh, I I don't think Mike Kosicki is a is a dump right now. I actually think he's he's better than that uh, because uh, he's taken scout team reps all year. Uh, according to beat reporters, he's been doing like half the scout team reps with Tua every single week. And uh, young quarterbacks, who do they throw the ball to? Uh, tight ends. The- and and I feel like. It's going to be a Mike Kosicki and Tua show for the next couple of weeks as Tua figures out exactly how uh, he's going to uh, take the reins of this offense. So while this is completely hypothetical, uh, I feel like uh, my understanding of the fact that Gasicki has chosen or been told to, uh, instructed to, however this has worked, uh, to work with the scout team throughout the year with Tua uh, is instrumental in in me thinking that he will have a good game next week. And you know what? We should probably place a bet on this. I I disagreed with your last tight end cut last week of Robert Tanyan. Uh, you disagree with mine this week. Perhaps offline we can work out a Gusecki versus Tanyan <laughs> style bet. Well, Tanyan sucks, so you don't expect anything from Tanyan. I am perfectly fine with betting against a guy who had two targets and zero catches last week. You... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and I'll I'll say this much with as far as Tua goes, and I have absolutely nothing to base this on, but just seeing how he played in Alabama, it seems like he's going to be the type that's going to want to make a big splash in his debut, which means going for it, which means deep passage, which means trying to challenge Jalen Ramsey, which means going downfield and not worrying about that uh, that safety valve that the tight end is. Are you sure you're not just saying that because he's a dolphin? I mean, it doesn't hurt. A big splash. A big splash. Ah, that's because fish. I thought this was going to be about cheese. So I want it to be about. We cheese. got we got one more question, and I'm afraid it's not about cheese. But if Antonio Brown plays well right away, could Mike Evans be cut in a couple weeks? I think no. I think that there's been too many injuries there, and uh, it's going to be sort of a merry-go-round of injuries. And um, don't count on Antonio Brown's first week performance to indicate what he's going to do later on oh my god in week nine when antonio brown comes in you and i and and all of us we know that antonio brown is going to have a good game with tom brady yeah they, he's going to have like 100 yards and two touchdowns yeah no no i don't know about that but at least at least 80 yards four or five receptions i'll bet the two touchdown prop his first game Oh. And then I'm betting under for the rest of the year on him. Yeah, yeah. well, because week, week 11, he's going to be kicked off the team for some dumb shit that he's done off the field. That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. The point he's is... He's going to throw a TV out of his apartment window. <laughs> but, 
but the point is, uh, uh, those players, uh, people that are betting on Scotty Miller and, and players like that, like that's bogus. The only people that matter on the team are Godwin, Evans, and Brown. However, I don't believe, like these guys are saying, in Brown's longevity on the team. Uh, and I feel like uh, giving up on an Evans or a Godwin and selling them short or cutting them or, or thinking that they'll get traded or cut is, uh, is it's not going to happen. That, that team uh, is Arian's team. He's allowed Brady to come in and invite people to the party that he didn't want to come. But he is never going to get rid of Evans and Godwin. Where did where did we hear that? Who said that this week? Tom Brady is the guy who comes to the party and invites all of his friends. I think it was from a Reddit subreddit. That he didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like Tom Brady, uh, the guy that comes to the party, invites his friends. You didn't want them to come, but you're like, all right, here I guess you are. they're here. <laughs> I guess this party's going a lot later than we thought. <laughs> Uh, poor Edelman. Okay, so thank you everybody for listening to us this week. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. That's going to really help us out and growing the new YouTube stream. Go to uh, drink five at drink five on Twitter. I guess check us out on Twitter. Uh, check us out on Instagram. I think we're on Facebook still. If you're uh, someone's parent or something like that, then you're still on Facebook. I imagine this guy is. Uh, he's not helping. <laughs> yes. Uh, on on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. At T A D I G I T Y two four on just, Twitter. Jeez. Just call me Drink Five Claws. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, Dad, for being right. here tonight. Good times. Cheers, Great everybody. Times. I ain't drinking that. It was a it was a fun time uh, answering everybody's questions, and uh, we'll see you later. Awesome. Thank you.